This is the Pennyworth Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Pennyworth Season 3, Episode 8, Red Marauder. Oh, hey boy, what a pleasant surprise. All right, go, mind if we tag along? No, not at all. It'd be like old times. Jump on in. You two all right? I'm fine. Hey, no bother. How about you, God? How are you feeling? I'm fine, thank you, Alfie. Look at that. We're all bloody marvellous. Welcome back, fellow governors. We're back again in DC's Batverse with the Pennyworth podcast, and we're chatting about Pennyworth Season 3, Episode 8, Red Marauder. Three episodes left of the season. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow governors and Gothamites. I am one of your other hosts, John. Yes, filled with cold, so I do apologize for the nasally, snivelly, sniffling uh, delivery that you'll get today. (laughs) It should be okay, though. should be okay. Or I might just sneeze randomly uh, during the podcast. I'll edit those out. Don't you worry, <laughs> fellow governors. Uh, you won't hear any of the sneezes uh, through the other end of the microphone. Uh, good stuff. Uh, but yes, we're back to our third last episode of Pennyworth Season 3. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the the series seems to have flown by, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really has, but they are kind of joining up a lot of the storylines as we get towards the end of the season, which I thought was going to be an impossibility at the beginning of the season. Part of the way they're doing that, it seems to be, is killing off characters so their storylines <laughs> end. Because, uh, again, a couple of major characters dying in this episode again. I know. Yeah. Um, I, I guess they're cleaning the decks ready for Alfie to have literally no one left so he has to go to gotham (laughs) sorry alfie everybody's gone you might as well pop on the plane uh is how the season ends what you think uh but we are obviously going to talk full spoilers of this episode so make sure you've gone and watched it it's available now on hbo max uh of course and then come back to us for our discussion about the episode. We also want to hear your thoughts. You can email us to feedback at TV Podcast Industries or pop over to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV Podcast Industries where there's a spoiler post waiting for you to pop in your thoughts about Pennyworth and we'll discuss them on the next episode in our Royal Mail feedback section. Yes, and as always, if you're joining us for the first time, please head on over to subscribe at tvpodcastindustries.com where you can get any straight-laced or groovy podcast catcher of your choice. Yes, yes, you can. Subscribe to the podcast there. Uh, Let's get into the chat about this episode, John. Yes, Derek, who gave us what, were, when, who, and how. Well, the episode was directed by Sherry Folkson. Uh, this is our first episode of Pennyworth, but we have spoken about Sherry before uh, because she directed two episodes of Penny Dreadful City of Angels, episode six and seven, I think. Yes, uh, very of good. That first and sadly only season of uh, of Penny Dreadful City of Angels, a show that was really really gearing up for it really a great storyline towards the end of the season and unfortunately got cancelled. Yes, very much a slow burner of uh, a season, mm-hmm. um, which I guess these days is sometimes difficult to sell. Yeah, yeah, it's very. It seems to seem to not go down very well um, with the networks uh, when when people are uh, expecting that their audience will stay on for a few seasons and then don't get the time to, to deliver that storytelling. But uh, a great job from Sherry. I, I absolutely remember those episodes uh, towards the end of the season, really building up to something really yeah, cool. Absolutely. So, uh, so good work there, and great to have her over here on Pennyworth. And um, this episode was written by Hannah Boshi. Uh, we spoke about Hannah Boshi before uh, on this show because uh, she was an executive story editor throughout season 
2 and Season 3. This is the fourth episode of Pennyworth that Hannah Boshi has written as well. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Pennyworth Season 3, Episode 8, Red Marauder? Sure. The British public are up in arms about the increasing number of people with enhancements in the country. Of course, they love Captain Blighty, but there's a problem. His body is starting to give out. With a threatening new PWE taking energy from their central power station, Alfie and Dave Boy are called in by Prime Minister Aziz to make sure Captain Blighty completes his mission to recover the electric-powered PWE. But the boys are a bit off their game. Dave Boy has broken up with his girlfriend Sally, and Alfie has learned that Sandra is pregnant and he is the father. Captain Blighty makes the ultimate sacrifice to keep Alfie alive and take out the threat. Following a wake for their fallen commander, Alfie proposes to Sandra. Meanwhile, Martha Wayne throws herself into her work investigating the new government department, Level 7. Lucius refuses to work with her even though he is the leak that gave her the sensitive information. But when the leader of Level 7, General Thursday, kidnaps his remaining PWEs, Lucius steps up and takes over the quest to recover them. While over in Gotham, Thomas remains silent to Martha's repeated attempts to contact him. But his sister Patricia has returned to London so she can attend another of artist Francis Falk's events. Unknown to the socialite, Falks has been drugging greater numbers of his followers with the lullaby drug, attempting to free their minds to become the blank canvas he so desires. But as Patricia arrives at the party, seated opposite to Sally, she's greeted by the dead body of the drug creator, Dr. Glub, and a warning not to drink the tea. And surrounded by lots and lots of Guy Fox masks. Yes. Uh, again. The, that was uh, very cool, yeah, actually. a little nod to, uh, to Viva Vendetta that we mm. got a few see, a few episodes ago as well, uh, kind yes. of playing out here as all of the followers of Francis Fuchs or Fox, as uh, one of our wonderful listeners pointed out to us, um, as they're all wearing these uh, these Guy Fox masks uh, in the room. And yes. a very scary scene. It's really cool, though. Oh, really very cool. creepy. I loved... Uh, just the slow kind of, you know, unnerving movement of all these people at this art event, mm-hmm. uh, moving their heads slowly uh, as Patricia comes in the door and then kind of looking down on her as as she sees it. Yeah, it was nice yeah. and creepy. And, of course, almost a little nod to um, a certain Mad Hatter's tea party as yeah. well, with it being... A tea party. Absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. But that, yes. Three bits of that. And I also had a little flash in my mind of the Court of Owls, um, where they're all wearing these completely un, unpenetrable masks yes. uh, as they look at the person that's in With the room. No With no expression other than what's on the, the mask. Yeah. So no idea of what um, the person behind the mask is, is thinking or feeling yeah. um, from mm. the expressions. That was very cool. Yeah. yeah. Let's get into our major points and our major discussion points uh, for this episode because we will come back uh, to what's going on with Francis Fuchs uh, later on in our points. But let's kick off with our final mission for Captain Blighty because that kind of takes up the the major part of the episode, you know, a major character that we've seen throughout the show um, here in 
um, Gulliver Troy, who's uh, had a relationship with uh, with his boys, Dave Boy and, and Alfie, for many, many years going back, predating the show and has now become this real central character to the movement. He's the first person that we saw with enhanced abilities on the show. And now we're seeing the kind of impact now five years on from the war that he helped to win. We're seeing that the public in general are kind of turning on the P-dubs, on these people with enhancements, but they still believe Captain Blighty's a good lad. He's the one that won the war for them. But all the rest of the people that are coming up behind him are uh, starting to irritate the general population, I guess. Yeah, um, and also the effects of Stormcloud that mm-hmm. ultimately um, created Captain Blighty is beginning to really extract... Um, it's toll on on Gulliver Troy. Yeah. I mean, to the extent that you have that really nice kind of moment where really Lucius is saying, I don't have an antidote for this, but I will keep trying and, and testing with what I have. So, uh, yes, Gulliver Troy is pretty much on the way out. Yeah. But he is also this figurehead for the defeat of the Raven Union. Mm-hmm. A figurehead for the new government led by uh, Prime Minister Aziz. So I, I love that notion from Aziz to, you know, keep Gulliver Troy on track to do this duty, to be that, to continue being that figurehead, to show success yeah. in defeating enemies and, and more so with, I guess, the public turning against PWEs like we see. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And this is why he brings in Alfie and Dave Boy to, uh, to come and help out Captain Blighty to make sure that, uh, he doesn't, uh, fail in his mission or die in his mission. That's their only job is to kind of help him out. Um, well, they failed on, on one of those counts. They I did. Guess. But they did. But Captain, Captain Blighty was successful in his mission. Yes. To take it, down it was. The PWB, yeah. It was that martyr's sacrifice mm. for the greater cause to effectively, um, protect uh, the country from this this new PWE um, called Darren Thompson, who's feeding off uh, the electricity at the power station. So yeah. all the way through, we just see everyone's lights flickering uh, off and on as he draws his power through his enhancements um, from from this uh, power station. Yeah, yeah. And I'm guessing this is the Red Marauder that's in the title. But I don't know, because it's never mentioned. The show's called Red Marauder, and the, the lightning that he's shooting out is kind of purple, isn't it? Yeah. So I was kind of thinking he's the Red Marauder, but yeah, I never guessing. kind of came around to it. I'm um, guessing, but it's yeah. difficult to know. Yeah. Um, you know, it, Or maybe it's reference to someone else here, um, mm. but I don't know. I was a little unclear yeah. to what the title alluded to for yeah. this episode, for sure. But it's uh, it's much clearer yeah. uh, than it was at least last season when it was just uh, 60 singers uh, that were the, in the title well, of these episodes. So, so we're trying to make a connection when last season there were no connections at all. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, so at least there might be some connection there. Yeah. But I did like this Darren Thompson because I just mm. loved the fact that he was wearing a tracksuit. He seemed yeah. kind of like he'd just, you know, gotten out of his car, out of his normal day, mm-hmm. just suddenly decided, right, I need to take on uh, all this electricity. Yeah. I kind of like the sort of uh, carefree attitude. I, I must say, I thought some really good, funny moments um, throughout this whole mission to sort of retake and secure the power station. 
both in terms of the the physical comedy of one of the soldiers coming over to give information to Gulliver Troy, Alfie, and Dave Boy, who's then hit by one of the bolts from Thompson's mm-hmm. hands uh, and kind of just out of nowhere and falls down dead. Yeah. Um, What's even worse is the information he was trying to give was Captain Blighty could actually die uh, yeah, if he exactly. gets hit by one of these bolts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pretty important. Um, and, and also one of the guards in uh, that was being held hostage by, by Thompson mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in one of the main chambers of, of the, the station. So I... I thought that was really good. But also I loved then the great link up um as Captain Blighty, Alfie and Dave Boy infiltrate into the power station with the fact that Dave Boy has broken up with Sally mm. and Alfie has just found out that he's the father of Sandra's uh, child mm-hmm. that she's carrying where you you have uh you know Gulliver Troy's kind of tuned into them because they've been um army buddies for so long. colleagues for so long yeah. you know wondering what's going on here first of all in terms of them being there on the mission with him mm-hmm. but then also just you know they they seem a bit distracted um and i do like the fact that dave boy effectively says alfie's going to be a father to be mm-hmm. he's just found about out about it today and you 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 just have alfie completely exasperated uh just saying you know first you don't tell me when you should and now you won't shut up about it <laughs> exactly. you know there's some really other good things like just some really good comedic throwaway lines mm-hmm. here like dave boy it, it, around Captain Blighty's uniform saying it's more of a costume than a uniform. Yeah. Uh, again, just, just really pointed. Um, and, uh, I just thought that was really good. Just even with Captain Blighty, you know, being mostly injured from, um, Darren Thompson, uh, with his electric bolts mm. sort of s- starting to fade and just going, you know, I need a I hug. Need a hug. Exactly. It was yeah. really good, actually. Nice little poignant moment. It from was. That, from the guy that, you know, I remember how violent he was before he was Captain Blighty. He was a pretty violent guy and uh, uh, willing to kill anybody, including Alfie, to get what he wanted uh, before this happened last season. So um, so it is, it is a, a moment to have him reaching out and effectively saying to Alfie, the future is yours. You've got a child on the way. You need to protect them. And it all, you almost feel like the reason why Cap- Captain Blighty sacrificed himself in this moment is to save Alfie, yeah. not just to save Queen and Country as he gets criticised for it by It becomes by more personal. Yeah. Um, and in a sense, it's almost a suicide mission that he wants. I mean, he doesn't yeah. say that and it's, it's not done as that, but mm-hmm. it is, you know, we've seen him sort of exasperated by being kept at level six yeah. with Lucius. We see it mm-hmm. here previously where, you know, the toll of Stormbreaker, that that chemical um, that it's extracting from him, mm-hmm. you know, he, it's almost like he just wants to give up and and let the pain a- a- away, really. Yeah. And so he has nothing to lose. Ultimately, it is going down in a blaze of glory, yeah. which is what this this soldier wants. Basically, this is this is where he wants his end. So, uh, so to have that is uh, is important to him, and I think. The added benefit of saving Alfie is uh, kind of helps him uh, along. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but we close out uh, this kind of section of the story 
with Captain Blighty winning, taking out the P-Dub. He doesn't save the life of the P-Dub, which is what they wanted. They wanted to bring him in alive, but nobody can do that. He's way too powerful. They have to take him out. Um, but as you say, Captain Blighty dies, and we do have the wake of Captain Blighty at, uh, at the bar again. Yeah, at the at Queen Anne's Revenge. Revenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, although, again, very poignant, mm. but the thing that tickled me about this was uh, Chadley coming down going, What's going on? There's so much health and safety issues here. With <laughs> having a body on a bar. Having the body on the bar. Um, so I just really enjoy sometimes how this program and series combines that poignancy with just a bit of almost crass humor. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it's just really nicely done. It, it fits my sensibilities yeah. quite well. I'd agree. I agree. But not only do they have the wake itself, they also have a national wake almost for uh, for Captain Blighty as he Aziz takes to the air to tell the entire population of uh, of Britain that um, Captain Blighty has died in the line of duty, and he doubles down on his commitment that they will still work alongside other people with enhancements in the future. So, despite these protests that we saw at the beginning of the episode, we see Aziz saying um, he'll still continue to work alongside other. PWEs in the future yeah. because they will become really important in their fight against tyranny, I guess, is, yeah. is the way he says it. But he's, he's kind of going, the reason why I said it was a, a national wake is because he does end the speech with raising a glass around the country and asking everybody to raise a glass alongside him for Captain Blighty. So uh, it, it almost feels like a national wake. And sadly, that's it for Captain Blighty. Raise a glass to the cap, the mighty Captain Blighty. Most definitely, mm. yeah. I mean, it's R.I.P. Captain Blight- Blighty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's been the uh, well, Gulliver Troy, you know, for a, a good number of uh, episodes now yeah. in this season and the last. So, yeah, it, it's a big member of the cast, uh, sort of taken off uh, the board here. Yeah. I think the other big thing coming from this is, you know, how. The three of them, for different reasons, are having, I mean, I, I say, are out of sorts, effectively, on mm. this mission. Yeah. But we have um, Alfie, which is one of the big things, effectively could be a father. Um, and at by the end of this episode has, and I guess with all the sentimentality coming from the death of his former commander, mm-hmm. He he goes round to Sandra's um, to propose uh, to get married. Yeah. So again, very interesting because we don't normally associate Alfred with having a child yeah, or indeed a wife from yeah. the Bat verse. So this is either something that will happen and be tragically uh, also removed from the board mm-hmm. in some way, or Given the age, it could be very much something that happens, but something that forms, um, you know, and and chisels Alfred into who he becomes yeah. uh, with with uh, Batman. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting one how they align this stuff because these are all supposed to be the stories of how Alfred became who he is and how he gets to the position that he is and. If you remember the whole thing that we talked about back in season one, when Esme died, that was supposed to give him the reason to never want to be in another relationship in the future. That Esme had died, she was the love of his life, and therefore Alfie became a bachelor for the rest of his life and focused on his work kind of thing. That was the the basic concept. But now, season three, here we are. 
potentially going to marry Sandra. We didn't hear an answer from her uh, in the That's episode, true. remember? Uh, so, <laughs> but potentially going to marry the mother of his child, which we don't know of a child of of of, uh, of Alfred. So it's interesting where they've where they got him in the story now in, in season three. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Sandra may not be willing to to marry him, um, and it may be uh, they may have a very distant relationship in the future. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. Uh, another, another heartbreaking moment for, for Alfie. So it's another big yeah. sort of potential moment here yeah. um, at the end of this this episode. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned the other lady troubles in the episode that Dave Boy has sadly broken up with Sally because she feels he's not good enough uh, for her group of people. But I do wonder, I'd say by the end of the episode, she seems quite um, distant from that group of people. I do wonder if <laughs> after everything that's gone on, Alfie has run to... Uh, to go and, and uh, propose to Sandra. I wonder if Dave Boy could be running to the exhibition to uh, to try and get back together with Sally. Maybe he's having a rethink about their breakup, and that might be the thing that saves Sally. Yeah, possibly. Well, I, I'm guessing as well, it's the disconnect of Dave Boy from this art world where yeah. when she's showing the, the event space that she's putting on for Francis Falk's uh, big show, then... Dave Boy uses a bit of colourful language because in his mind he's he really just thinks that they're all going to get high yeah. and and see what happens, um, which in a sense is true. Kind of, yeah. Um, yeah. He also, it's not like we're killing anyone, and he's like, I have killed people. Yeah. I just love, and I'm the not going to do it for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I really enjoyed uh, this little interaction, but yeah, ultimately. Um, it's a breakup, but it is sealed with a little peck on the cheek. You know, it's just kind of like, I think, a feeling that they're not necessarily suited. But yeah. the look on her face at the end probably suggests, I wish there was someone like Dave Boy here. Absolutely. Absolutely. When we talk about uh, we talk about that, what's going on with Francis Fox and yes. uh, Dr. Glub particularly. So after Sally's set up this space effectively for uh, the the event, uh, we have another heated argument between Dr. Globe, the creator of this lullaby drug, uh, and uh, Francis Folks, where Dr. Globe is accusing Francis Folks of misusing the uh, the drug that he created. His, the whole purpose of the drug from Globe's point of view was to control people's minds, turn them into killing machines and set them at their foes, set them at the people that uh, you want to kill and off they can go. Whereas it seems like uh, Francis Folks has been just using it on two or three people, then five, then 10, and now he's up to 50 different people. And all he wants to do with it, at least as he explains to Dr. Globe, uh, all he's trying to do with it is clear their minds and give them true freedom, turn them into a blank canvas. Um, Globe is still trying to explain that you can use that blank canvas to your advantage, which I think is the fault here, right? Um, Dr. Globe has effectively told them, yes, they're a blank canvas, but you can tell them to kill the person you don't want. And by the end of the episode, he's filled with many, many knives. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so is this a consequence of the argument that is that he's had with Francis Folks, that this is the opportunity that Francis Folks has taken to tell all these people to murder him? Or was this the plan all along from Francis Folks? Was he always going to get rid of Dr. Glob. I wonder about that. Maybe. Um, I mean, it's also the fact that Dr. Glob is saying, you know, this needs to be used in a controlled way and you are effectively, you know, dispensing it out mm. as free as you, you want. Um, that's creating this 
unknown where there could be real psychosis so it is it's difficult to know um whether this is something that francis fox has being able to program into the people he's been giving the lullaby drug to, to yeah. kill Dr. Globe, or whether, given the dangers associated with just this free, free taking of the lullaby drug that Dr. Globe is warning him about, and mm. um, that he has just been a consequence of that chaos, that, Maybe. that yeah. true freedom. It's also, the line said by Sally to Patricia Wayne at the end, don't drink the tea. Yeah. So whether there's something in the tea, there is. Uh, whether it's the lullaby <laughs> drug or something almost as a trigger uh, for the people in the masks. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think just the best thing about this final scene was as you say all the guy forks masks turning around as patricia comes in as the socialite you know carefree and fancy free sort of looking for a a good time Mm -hmm. her endowment is all still there paying out from Mm -hmm. the wayne estate despite the death of her dad she didn't have a good relationship with him i have to say i loved that from you know, Patricia, where she just said it. I just stopped listening once uh, once Thomas told me that everything that I get, uh, all the support I used to get from my father has all stayed the same. I stopped listening to him, and now here I am, back in London, for another party. Uh, and then when she sees everybody in the masks, it's like, is this an art installation? Is that what we're here for tonight? You know, just <laughs> totally taking in. Um, but I, the way I saw it playing out, and it's, it's difficult sometimes with the show because it does kind of jump back and forth between lots of different stories Definitely. and kind of jumps in and out and we get a couple of minutes of, of things here and there. But the way I saw it was folks was leaving and going out, getting in the car just as Patricia walked in. And Globe is at one end of the table. He's probably not the kind of person you would expect to attend one of these actual events. No. So it it feels to me like... Francis Fox was kind of taking the Mad Hatter position. He's on one end of the table. Everybody in attendance drank the tea, and then they, he set them on Glub and then got his, got himself out of there, basically, because he can wash his hand clean, hands clean of that, right? He's uh, he's not the person that plunged a knife into into Glub. Everybody else did, I, I suspect. Yeah. But Sally was left alive, um, and Sally was left untainted, I guess, because she didn't drink the tea. That's yeah. true. And, I mean, it's, it's also to what aim of... Francis folks, mm. because you know, is it just artistry that he's Especially, doing this for, or maybe. is there something more malicious behind it? I mean, I'm guessing it is just for the artistry. Oh, but, okay, I was thinking more malicious, but so. I just don't know yeah. because I I've not really got a sense yet of if Francis folks is linked in with the Raven Union mm-hmm. or something to do with Level Seven that we've yeah. been introduced with, so or something you know, again, to do with for Vendetta, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, again, it's just it's to that point of there being, you know, quite a lot of threads and it chops and changes throughout episodes. And sometimes that is the difficult thing because you have them on screen for, you know, maybe two or three minutes Mm -hmm. and then it's straight in to another two or three minutes. Some of those are longer and form the basis of the main part of the episode. But in a sense, with Francis Folks, we have had very little screen time with him mm-hmm. over the last eight episodes. So at the moment, his motivations, his drive, his possible connections with other people in this story yeah. are just not clear here, which in part is intriguing yeah. because it 
certainly with the V for Vendetta masks, it's massively intriguing. Mm-hmm. But it's also episode eight, and it's starting to get a little frustrating right. that don't know more about this character. Yeah, just really hopeful that, you know, the next episode, half the episode is de- dedicated to Fox and finding out what's going on with him or something like that. Yeah, well, he's we the main more... storyline. Yeah. And again, it, it's just having these multiple threads, even mm-hmm. just having level seven introduced, you know, and, yeah. and so on in this episode, yeah. um, which we'll come to in a minute with General mm-hmm. Thursday. It's just, I know it links to the wider PWE aspect, but... You almost feel it could have come sooner or something yeah. with the two episodes only remaining after yeah. this. It's it's like we mentioned before, even Patricia. Last time we heard Patricia Wayne was coming over to London to go and visit Frances Fox. If we'd had that moment where she was there at the gallery and it was really clear, maybe she was in the background. They just didn't have any lines to use or a take that had Patricia there at the event. But it seems that she was there last time because she's coming back to go to another event. Yeah. That's her whole reason to come to London. But it feels like they're just dropping in a few minutes of this character, which could be a really important character uh, in the future of, of the rest of the season. But hopefully we see more, because I'm really intrigued by the storyline. What is he really doing with the drug? Is he wiping people's minds and then occasionally using them for his benefit? Or is it something much bigger? And I'd love to know that by now in episode eight of the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. exactly. But Because it is really intriguing, and it is one of those things that certainly... I remember when when we saw the first uh, image of the V for Vendetta mask on somebody that was going around all of the uh, all of the press that cover these types of shows. They were all suddenly really intrigued with the series. So I hope they've done something with it. I hope they've done yeah. something really impressive with it in these last couple of episodes. Yeah, definitely. But the death of another uh, another cast member, Doctor Club, uh, quite significant given that he was responsible for uh, for all of the. Um, mind-altering drugs that we've had in the show in the past so uh <laughs> interesting stuff uh the last one and you kind of mentioned it already uh, level seven and general thursday another storyline that has been kind of bubbling away a little bit in the background um the first real information we got about level seven was the uh the file that was dropped on uh, on uh, martha wayne's uh, doorstep which reveal this group level seven which is part of the government who've taken possession of all of john salt's experiments and they're now using them for on behalf of the government on new pwes um is what the investigation said we learn in this episode that all came from lucius he's the one that that um wanted martha to investigate it because he was too worried about um what would happen to the pwes that he's working with if he went in and tried to investigate this and we also learn in this episode that General Thursday, a character we saw back at the end of season two, is the person in the leadership role of level seven. He's the one in charge of level seven here. So um, that was a really surprising re-entry yeah. for a character. I think. Yeah, a former Raven Union general now ensconced into Aziz's um, government yeah. uh, and research area. Uh, with level seven yes yeah again still not sure about what Aziz's connection is with this or or whether he just knows about it whether he's aware of it too much does he have any in-depth knowledge about it he's very good at keeping his himself clear of what actually is going on all he told Martha when she brought in the information to him was you need to go and investigate the leak as in shut it down um so yeah is that don't get involved Martha this was was this an agreement between the Ravens and what is now the British government was an agreement between them that they would still be able to research things in level seven if they joined up. Because as we said, last time we saw General Thursday, he was on the side of Francis Gaunt, 
who was taking back over the Raven League or the Raven Union from John Salt, who'd lost his mind as they, as, as far as they were saying. So General Thursday, as far as I remember, he was no longer aligned with John Salt, was realigned with Francis Gaunt, and he was still against the British, the, the now British government or the English League, I think they were yeah. at the time. That's with keeping all that together in my mind uh, as to how they're all connected. Um, but But it seems like he is now leading this covert operation, this level seven, which yes. is now creating a governmental army or a, a national army out of PWEs. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the it's things like Operation Paperclip or something after the Second World War with mm-hmm. Nazi scientists and so on coming over, uh, you know, being put in areas of strategic importance mm-hmm. for the US, whether it is, you know, for for rockets uh, and, and the contribution that made to uh, the nasa space program he uh, you know it it's that similar kind of idea mm-hmm. that they're taking that expertise that talent from the former structures in the the raven union government yeah. and utilizing utilizing them uh for for the present so in a it's sense it's weird though because John, general thursday was such an antagonistic presence well he still is he is he is absolutely you're wondering why he got his position uh over the side i think there was even a moment last season where all the members of the uh raven supported army walked out of the room and the people that still supported thursday were, were only about three or four people in the room you know he's he was always antagonistic on both sides but was a leader in the opposition to uh, Aziz's party, uh, effectively, or his, his group uh, last season. So interesting to see them working together uh, this season. But yeah. it, it's always great to see people come back from previous seasons. Um, but yeah. it is. And I, I think what I kind of liked here is, you know, now knowing the figurehead of uh, Level 7, having the... You know the, that intro to this this episode, where you see that the PWEs don't have that public support, the acknowledgement from Martha that having investigated where the leak has come from, it's clear it's Lucius, even though he's still trying to deny it when <laughs> she sort of um, reveals that she knows. Um, but he won't get involved. He doesn't want to get involved until his PWEs have disappeared from his level six lab mm-hmm. um, of where he believes it is General Thursday that has taken them. Yeah. Again, it's all tied up into the death of Captain Blighty because Captain Blighty felt he needed to be that figurehead for these people. He yeah. knew what they were going through. And so Lucius suddenly wants back in to help in order to find out where his PWEs uh, have been taken and exactly. what's happened to them. Ooh, Lucius on a mission. Yeah. Uh, now, very, very, very cool way to end uh, end the episode. Any other notes about the episode? Anything else we need to talk about from the episode, John? Um, the only thing I have in terms of additional notes is because they were talking about PWEs, you know, protest against them losing this kind of public support other than Captain Blighty. And because it then cut immediately to uh, Roger, who has stayed over with Mrs. P, mm-hmm. was having breakfast there. And because of the awkwardness of Roger, I was like, going, is Roger a PWE here? Is this something a <laughs> bit more nefarious than what we think it is? Um, 
I don't know. It was just suddenly something that flashed into my mind. So I just thought, well, I'll throw that out there. But I did love the awkward breakfast between Roger and um, and Alfie as he comes down for, for breakfast. And then you get the call from uh, Prime Minister Aziz mm-hmm. calling Alfie in. And you have that awkwardness of Alfie and Dave Boy because of the mission that they had just done to um, the Outer Hebrides, which... Aziz is now all fine with. So Aziz is all fine with a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. Alfie gets up to, really uh, which I think normally wouldn't happen. So again, as long as he has a use for him, he's ex- okay with exactly. It. Yeah. And but I think it's to your point. There is something that needs explaining around Aziz mm-hmm. more thoroughly, and um, certainly given you know he has come from you know in quotes humble beginnings being someone just in the police force mm-hmm. uh, as a detective and has risen to prime minister we've had you know did he didn't he know about the the prison in the outer hebrides mm-hmm. did he didn't he know um about the kidnap of uh zara kin's mm-hmm. father does he or does he not know what is happening with level seven mm-hmm. so I don't know. There is definitely something with Aziz yeah. that is not entirely clear. It's it's never clear. It's never clear, and he just continues to play this idea of I couldn't know everything. You can't you can't blame him for everything, and I couldn't know everything. But he has to know about a lot of this stuff. He really does. He seems to have missions pretty readily available for uh, for Alfie and Dave Boy when he yeah. needs them. So uh, so yeah, that's that's really intriguing. As for Roger and the former Mrs. P, we should start calling her Mary now, shouldn't we? That's true. Um, we should. But as for the two of them, I really enjoyed the two of them. Uh, they seem to be coming much, much closer. Uh, Roger and I staying over in the house. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you're right. That really awkward moment when you're over with your partner and she's giving out to her son directly in front of you. You cannot get involved. You're way too too young in the relationship together to get involved in that discussion. Uh, I love how Roger played that. He just He just is kind of going... Uh, I'm saying nothing here, letting you have your argument. And as she walks out of the room, he says, I did tell her to leave you alone. And Alfie's going, you really just didn't even need to say that to me. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was, thought that was really enjoyable. Um, we normally do our translations of phrases said in the show that you may not know, but I didn't find many this episode, but I did want to call out, of course, the, um, toast that, uh, that, Dave Boy makes over uh, at the wake for uh, Captain Blighty. In case you don't know, it's Slanchava would be yeah. um, would be a toast uh, from from Scotland. In Ireland, we say Slancha. Um Very similar thing. It's it's to life to health. Uh, yeah, exactly. yeah. is the is the toast. Just in case you don't know, it's from it's from actual um, Scottish or uh, or Irish language. So yeah. um, so it, that, that's the only one I can find. And the only one of the other one I wanted to call out since we didn't have any other ones to translate, I did want to call out the quote from. Dave Boy about Francis Folks, which says that guy's a clown, and if he's not a clown, I've never been to the circus. <laughs> I thought that was a yeah. great, a great quote from Dave Boy. Well, and there's the other one. He says tripping your bollocks off, which is effectively <laughs> getting high as yes, well. Absolutely, that's all he thinks that is going to happen yeah. in this artistic event space. Yes, absolutely, good stuff, good stuff. Overall, John, what did you think of the episode? How, how would you rate it? I really liked it. I'd give this uh, four short circuits out of five. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, nice, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good episode. Really, really enjoyed this one. Yeah, it, you know, with the death of uh, Gully Troy, with um, just 
the the shocking events at the end with the event of Francis Folks uh, with Alfie proposing to to Sandra because he's found out he's going to be a father and um, the intrigue around General Thursday I just liked how some of this came together mm-hmm. to be honest but I do feel they need to really kind of coalesce it even more because you know there's Thomas and Gotham yeah. there's level seven now there's lucius going on his level seven quest mm-hmm. um as though he's a gamer uh <laughs> there's there's martha and everything going on we have what's francis folks doing you know mm-hmm. what's going to happen to patricia um so there's a lot of stuff here that i just wish they might coalesce a bit more yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with you i feel they probably will coalesce the storylines by the end of the season but I I do think there are things they could have done earlier on in the season to bring them in. It feels like we've got a lot of open um, Agreed. open storylines that will probably be wrapped up at the end of the season, but it feels like it's going to be really rushed in these last two episodes. You know, just even a moment that we could have had with um, with Peg Sykes um, getting Julie the baby from Beth Sykes, you know, to close out that storyline of what happened with, with Beth. Um, I thought it was interesting in this episode where we heard about um, Darren Thompson and how he was made into a PWE, he thought he was missing for a night and woke up on a, a bus bench, which is where Beth died, remember? She died on a bench yeah. as well. So he woke up on a bench and now was a person with enhancements. I thought that was interesting. I wonder in my mind yeah. that made me think about it. Maybe go, did she wake up with enhancements and she's now at PWE or something like well, that? Well, that's yeah. it. And, you know, he said yeah. three months have gone by. So, yeah, yeah that I've forgotten about that. But, yeah, I mean, that's a significant sort of element here as to who's done that yeah or is it or is there, yeah, or yeah, is, exactly. there is there anything there with that is she just dead and they've done that was the end of the storyline they expected us to accept it um, but we don't we love Beth. we wanted to see her back and if not Beth, we'd love to have seen peg uh, maybe we will see peggy uh, towards the end of the season as well good stuff that's it for our discussion about Season 3, Episode 8, Red Marauder. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Your thoughts. Uh, We did get an email in after last week's episode from Patrick Lemke, who said, Evening, fellow governors. With the recent revelation in Episode 7... Um, about this show's version of the UK government, are we finally getting to the roots of what's really behind the corruption and a lot of the brutality in the past 30 years in the world of Pennyworth? I still think they planted the seeds of this since season one, and the Ravens are only the tip of the iceberg. Once again, calling back to World War II alternate history, frankly, alternate history into the mid, early to mid-70s, I think this might be some deeply rooted consequences for Pennyworth's England, making peace with fascist powers in the decades past. Also curious to see how the, how the CIA fits into all of this. I feel this show is deserving of two more seasons of story to fully flesh out the answers to a lot of these questions. And lest we forget, Alistair Crowley and the nephew of John Ripper are still lurking out there in the darkness. Curious to see how everything unfolds if HBO Max allows Pennyworth to tell its full story. Looking forward to seeing how the season storyline unfolds with this Earth's version of V and the Lullaby State. Cheers from Patrick Lemke. We've touched on this a little bit over the last couple of seasons, um, but that is one of the odd things about Pennyworth. It is established in this world that is very different from our world. It's DC's version of England in this time period, going from the 60s to the 70s, taking cues from World War II not going the way it did, um, particularly in, in in the real world. But there's so many offshoots of that that you feel like there's, there's should be some encyclopedia out there about how many things are different because we've had reference to wars happening at different times, uh, Alfie being in places that you, a, a soldier wouldn't necessarily have gone. 
but they don't tend to shine a light on what those differences are in this show. They don't take the time a lot to really give you an in-depth insight into what's happened. Um, yeah, no, I, exactly. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I, I find this fascinating. I think the alternate history side of it, I mean, this version of it is having, um, you know, that authoritarian far-right body politic being you know a significant power in england Mm -hmm. it's not to say it's not been there in reality but it's almost like taking its cue of if you know in the real world with oswald mosley the leader of the the british fascists Mm -hmm. um, and the black shirts if that had become successful to the point where it was established in government like the raven unions um, and but it's almost taking that thread and saying what if he was successful here's the raven union you know so it's taking that notion of you know as well those authoritarian states that use their populace so like these experiments with the pwes Mm -hmm. and so on even though it's not the raven union but they were in a sense what we're seeing here is the government of aziz but also the kind of um on the run government of john salt were were both doing experiments on these people so it's kind of that permeation of even certain ideologies or uh, prejudices even in the mainstream politics of what and how far you can go in terms of abusing people yeah and um, you yeah. know uh so it, it which is also has a parallel with english politics with um the the rivers of blood speech that was done by i can't remember the famous conservative mp but you know effectively he was racist um mm-hmm. and very anti-immigration but you know he he had that that speech and he was part of the conservative party which yeah. so i mean it all kind of very interesting kind of sense it, it's almost with this um you know we've talked about it being slight 50s 60s sci-fi as mm-hmm. well this yeah. this notion of how far can science go it's the manhattan project thing yeah. or how far can or should science go if it has a mor- morality or an ethics mm-hmm. at its core so which at this stage um presumably it's passed at least in the pennyworth well, exactly. Uh, universe exactly you know it would be really interesting to see where they would take the show for the next two seasons because as, as i say it doesn't feel like Bruno Heller and Danny Cannon and, and John Stevens have any interest in explaining what the differences are no. to our world because they seem to reference them. There's little flashes of it, as we as we mentioned about um, the the whole uh, situation around Miss Kinn and her father. In the background to that is that there is a massive area of india that's broken away from the commonwealth and it's not really referenced it's, it's only referenced a little bit in dialogue but that's quite a huge thing it's quite a huge change to how the world works now and they, they tend to want to tell a lot of stories but not want to focus on the differences and changes in history so i feel like it's almost even if we did get two more seasons of pennyworth they wouldn't focus on that and maybe somebody would publish a timeline of the Pennyworth yeah. universe in a comic book or in an encyclopedia, even because there seems to be a lot of changes. Uh, and I think that's, oh, that's the only place we'd see those answers, but you're totally right. I love how it's steeped in these changes with, uh, to the world. I love how this show 
always feels like you don't know where exactly it's going to go because it's so different to how our world went yeah. uh, in the real 60s and 70s, just like the comics, uh, that, to be honest. Good stuff. Thanks so much again, Patrick, for your thoughts. Yeah, thanks so much, Patrick. Uh, we also got an email in for last week's episode from Coffee and Vodka. Greetings, fellow brain-bound defenders. Although Mary was barely here this time around, it reminded me that back in episode 5, she and her man-friend were dancing in the park to an instrumental version of Delilah. This is Bruno Heller just saying. As for the rest, it was a bit underwhelming plot-wise, unless, of course, there will be consequences for Alfie and company dismantling a secret political prison and shutting down its psychic fence. Did enjoy much of the banter as always, and it's always great to see Sally Phillips as the warden. As one of my favourite character actors, she played the menacing caregiver wonderfully. Mm -hmm. This one was a hard underlining of the transition from Alfie the adventurer to Alfred the surrogate father and butler of Bruce. A solid ending with closure to the Zara storyline with Alfie joining Charlie Brown as a good man. He is a good man. He Alfie is. Pennyworth. Yep. Although I did find the lost 10 years between being swept under the rug a bit mystifying. All in all, not bad. Three and a half father and daughter reunions, red flags and Hannesley unalarmed manholes out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Why would you alarm the manhole if you're driving people insane by uh, by having the psychic fence? That's the point, right? <laughs> they, it's it's a, a prison without walls. It's a manhole cover without an alarm because you hopefully will banish them with uh, messing with their minds with the psychic fence. <laughs> That's all. Um, but really, really interesting points, Coffee and vodka. And interestingly, you said uh, that it, it could have been better if this led into something. This episode, once again, I'd say with this show, that was the adventure last week and Aziz is willing to go, well, actually, we're not even going to talk about it. We'll just reference that you did your mission to Scotland. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I think in the wider scheme of this, it's about how a PWE, given this episode, is being used mm -hmm. against his will yeah. to the extent that he's being asked to be killed by, by Alfie. Yeah. And it's also, as you mentioned, Coffee and Vodka, that progression, that transition of Alfie to Alfred uh, yeah. and everything that, that comes with that, for sure. Exactly, exactly. Good stuff, Coffee and Vodka. Thanks again uh, for your thoughts on the episode. One final piece of feedback that we got in over on Facebook from Jamie Lawton on last week's episode. He just, just to say, he said, uh, in the early 70s, my father was in the RAF based in Kinloss up in Scotland. And so Dave Boy saying, having a jobby in a proper loo is a phrase I'd not heard for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> See, a bit of a nostalgia coming Excellent from uh, wonderful stuff. phrases yeah. from Dave Boy. Excellent. And I also saw a message from uh, Salima Kisler over on Facebook saying he's almost up to date. He's on episode one of season three and he only started uh, season two Excellent last week, stuff. I think, or the week before. Yeah. So, um, so well done. Uh, you're almost here with us, Liam. We're still a couple of episodes ahead of you, but I'd say by the time we finish off the season, you should be all caught up. So uh, good stuff. Um, thanks for joining us uh, on our fun ride for Pennyworth. And thanks to everybody else uh, for sending in your Absolutely. feedback to us uh, for the show. We do want to hear more of your feedback as the season goes on. We've got two more episodes to go. Uh, send in your thoughts on anything up to episode eight, and we'll read them out on our chat about Pennyworth season three, episode nine, Rag Trade next week. Yes, fellow governors, make sure you stay subscribed to the podcast on any podcast catcher of your choosing. Uh, but as Derek said, we will be back next week with our next installment of Pennyworth. But in the meantime, uh, we will be covering uh, the Marvel movie event uh 
Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Yes, going back to the cinema for another Marvel movie. Looking yes. forward to covering that. You'll get that on the main feed on TV Podcast Industries. Uh, if you subscribe there, uh, we'll have our thoughts up about uh the, the second Black Panther movie, uh, yeah, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, really yeah. looking forward to that. Me too, me mm-hmm. too. Very excited. But thanks so much for joining us again. We'll speak to you next time. Yeah, as always, fellow governors, it's great talking about all things Pennyworth. Uh, remember, though, uh, join us next time. And in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and stay electric. But watch those energy bills. Bye. Bye. Bye.